0: One of the most alarming trends we're seeing in teenagers these days is the prevalence of anxiety. If one of your kids or a teenager you know is struggling with anxiety, we are thrilled to share a brand new resource to help. The latest book from Rooted, Anxiety, Finding a Better Story. It's a 31-day devotional for teenagers written by mental health counselor and friend of Rooted, Liz Edrington. As a teenager, Liz felt overwhelmed by anxiety. Now that she's a mental health counselor, she wants to pass on what she's learned. Just understanding what anxiety is makes a big difference. But what makes an even bigger difference is understanding what God has to say about it. With daily scripture readings, breathing exercises, and additional mental health resources, this little book offers you comfort and help in your anxiety. See how your anxiety fits into the big story of your life, and of the whole universe, and learn how Jesus can bring you peace. Order your copy of Anxiety, Finding a Better Story by Liz Edrington wherever you buy books, or purchase through the link in the show notes for this episode.
1: Welcome to Ask Alice, a podcast that explores the issues and challenges teenagers face on a daily basis. Hosted by Alice Chernock, a licensed professional counselor in Birmingham, Alabama. Ask Alice is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference podcast, the Rooted Parent podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast, and Thanos to Theos. Rooted is a ministry that is focused on advancing grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated youth ministry. To learn more, visit rootedministry.com. Here's your host, Alice Chernock.
2: Good afternoon, my friends. It is so weird to say that, I have to tell you that. Y'all know that I usually record these episodes in the morning, and this is literally the first time I have ever had an afternoon episode of Ask Alice. So welcome, and how fun is this, huh? But I am so glad that you joined us today, y'all. We have got such an awesome episode lined up for you, and the timing of this one could not be more perfect. Um, Y'all, we have an incredible social worker. Her name is Kayla Thomas. And Kayla is working in Austin at several different school systems, different schools, different ages. And she is such a wealth of information um, that we wanted to bring her in and just kind of pick her brains as we are getting out of the summer months and preparing ourselves and our kids to go back to school, and to handle another year, we really wanted to just talk about transitions. How do we help our kids? Different kinds of transitions, what to look for, what to expect, how can we do it? So, Tayla, thank you so much for coming on and spending your afternoon with me.
3: Yes, I am super excited to be here and, and talk all things change with you. It's going to be awesome. I,
2: I love it. I love it. So now I know that you are in the school system. Do you have certain ages that you primarily work with more than
3: others or is it is it kind of across the board? So um, I am primarily with um, elementary and middle school students and most of my experience is actually with elementary students, but um, I have experience with kids kind of all the way up through high school. But right now I'm primarily with um, elementary and middle school kids. Yeah,
2: that's so good. Well, and I think it's really good because we have the foundation of the, the elementary and middle school age. And if we can really help hone in on those early ages, then it helps tremendously as we transition into our older high school kids too. So yes, I, let's just talk about this because I know that, you know, summer is such an awesome time. I know for you being in the school system, I hope you've had a little bit of a break at least. Now we're kind of, taking a deep breath and gearing right back up to go back into the school system and into the year what kind of transitions do you see are maybe the most common ones that kids are dealing with and if there are any some that are maybe not so common or not so so obvious for us
3: to think about what are your thoughts yeah um, well, I think the most obvious kind of, especially with this time of year, um, and just kind of gearing up is like leaving behind whatever grade or school, um, the child was in last year and getting ready to start a new grade level or, you know, go to a new school. And that is, yeah. you know, every year we kind of start to see all the marketing for like back to school. Right. And so our culture kind of says like, it's, it's time for change. This is happening. Um, and so hopefully, you know, your child was able to have time to kind of say goodbye to whatever they were leaving behind. Um, but sometimes it's hard for students to conceptualize, like, what does it mean for me to leave second grade and go to third grade? What does it mm. mean for me to leave eighth grade and go to ninth grade, you know? Um, and so sometimes they have a hard time kind of wrapping their heads around, like, what is that really going to look and feel like? Um, and so there can kind of start to be some like, oh, it's July and we're talking <laughs> about school and I actually don't know yeah. even- if I want to go to fourth grade anymore you know right um, the panic so starts
2: to yes. into the
3: thoughts about oh my gosh yeah and they're like wait no 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 I don't want to be old like just whatever yeah. that kind of all entails um and so I think that's kind of obvious right and like our culture kind of norms that um I think some less obvious ones are like kind of those unexpected ones that maybe um, we think kids can kind of adapt too quickly. So like if a teacher changes in the middle of the year, I've seen Mm -hmm. that a lot.
2: Wow.
3: Um, It's where like, if a teacher has to leave unexpectedly, um, you know, or a career change happens or a staff person changes, um, that can be kind of hard. And sometimes there's not quite the language, especially for younger kids. They don't quite have the language to articulate, like, Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time because my teacher left in the middle of the year and yes, I have another teacher and and they're great, but like, I miss that person and I don't really know how to, to put that into words. Um, and I think in the past I have worked as, um, like a therapist in a more therapeutic clinical setting. Um, and so like the end of those therapeutic relationships, um, that was something that I think maybe parents wouldn't think like, Oh, you know, It's a person you only see once a week, um, but helping kids prepare for like, okay, we're moving away from that. Yeah. Just kind of the end of any more ambiguous relationship, I think is less expected by parents sometimes even if like a coach is gonna change yes that's exactly what i was gonna say no like um like a dance instructor like Mm -hmm. just sort of any person that comes in and out that but like you wouldn't necessarily think of of like well i know my child's not relying on that person to like meet their basic needs right because obviously when when that kind of um change happens that is hard for kids to of course um but even just those kind of peripheral people i think sometimes we as adults are like ah oh, it's no big deal just get a new coach like you only right. see them, you only see right. them twice a week you only see them once a week yeah. um but i think sometimes it's those other people that we don't think of you know i totally agree with you i think that that's such a good point about i mean i've noticed with my own kids
2: you know basketball season for us we my kids only play rec basketball but it, and it's a short season but yeah. that is so true that when basketball season comes to an end, I mean there's a there's a sense of loss that can come for kids that they really do experience and I think that you're right for us as adults to be able to acknowledge okay, maybe this was not a big deal to me because I'm like next, you know. Okay, now yeah. it's baseball season or now it's soccer season or like we're on to the next, you know. Yes. But for our kids, yeah. like that relationship may have been super meaningful to to them in a way that Maybe we were not expecting, or maybe that that adult hopefully helped them build confidence or made them feel special in a way that perhaps a teacher doesn't help them feel so special or, you know, whatever that that change is, I think that's a yeah. really good one to bring out. yeah, I yeah. will say too. And maybe you have noticed this too. I have noticed that a lot of surprise transitions for me happen. When an older sibling goes off to college. Oh, and so, yes. 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 And so, yeah. that for the child that's left behind, I'm speaking because I have two older sisters. And so, yeah. I was the loner yes, at Left Behind. Right. And Everett, like one by one, they keep leaving me. And I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, yeah. but I really think that that is a, that's also an audience that, you know, we have to pay attention to because I think that is a pretty big transition that yeah. is sometimes overlooked i mean yes. yes we certainly have the going from from middle school to high school that's a huge transition or elementary to middle or you know whatever it is but i love your your thoughts to be aware of other maybe not so obvious transitions yeah. as well yes that's, yeah i think that's really good so yeah. do you do you think that is it possible that parents underestimate the importance of helping a
3: child through a transition. Yes, for sure. And I think okay. it's, it's I think parents sometimes underestimate and overestimate kind of um either like the resiliency of their kids or they underestimate kind of how much like something might affect them emotionally. If that makes mm. sense. So it's sort of underestimating like the significance of something to a kid, right? Sort of as an adult looking at something that is part of a child's life and saying, well, I mean, it's just fill in the blank, right? Uh, it's yeah. just this. It's just dance. It's just um, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. And sort of saying, well, they'll, you know, I mean, they'll move on. They'll be sad for a little bit and they'll move on. It's not really a big deal. Um, or they're kind of like they overestimate how much like their um, their kid's emotional capacity, right like well, my kid doesn't cry that much and so I think they'll be I think they'll be okay, you it's know fine it's fine, They're fine yeah. they'll be okay. and so it's kind of this underestimation of the significance of something to a child and the overestimation of like what is their emotional kind of capacity mm-hmm. um, and like what they what they need to kind of process through that if that makes yeah. sense yeah, um, and it, I think it it's like a. I w- I don't fault parents. You know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm not. Oh my gosh. Of it's never. It's never like a thing where I'm like, you didn't think of this, right? But it's like <laughs> we just operate as adults, and sometimes you have to take a second and be like, okay, in the mind of a child, what is yeah. this going to feel like? Um. So well, because yeah. this
2: is their world, you know, and this yeah. is the only context that they have. They don't have the life experiences that we do, and so I think you're absolutely right, right to bring that in. You know. I think of, I think of transitions to like, you know, the whole iceberg analogy that you always see for everything. All right. Well, I'm going to totally go there and pull it back out. But like, to me, the transition part is like the tip of the iceberg that you see. And then underneath is all the other stuff brewing where it's the emotional component. What are some of the emotional components that you see
3: brewing underneath the iceberg? Like grief or like, yes. what do you see? Yeah. Grief is a big one. And you mentioned yeah. loss earlier and I like really like echo that. I think there is this loss of, um, and it's sort of like, a, yeah, just kind of this general feeling of like that experience is over and i'm not going to have it in the same way ever again and we feel that as adults um but i think that can be bigger for kids and more amplified because they have like fewer experiences with that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and so yeah just kind of a loss of like i'm not in third grade and i'll never be in third grade mm-hmm. um and i even remember being like an adolescent and i've heard adolescents talk about this of like this loss about having to grow up and kind of this loss of of like, I'm aware that I am, you know, in eighth grade and like life is getting real, you know, things are getting yes. all the older that I get. Yeah, um, and so just that loss of like, ugh, life was easy when I was in second grade and yeah. not so easy anymore. And I'm like really feeling that loss of like going to high school and kind of leaving childhood behind. Yeah. So that's a big biggie for middle schoolers. Um, I think also underneath just kind of this general, uncertainty and kind of that you know feeling of lack of control which mm-hmm. we all feel right and like we all can kind of um have the effects of that hit us in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just there's a lot that kids don't control. And mm-hmm. so to add another thing of like that's a good mean, point. I'm also not in control of this. And so what is that, what is that going to look and feel like? Just kind of mm-hmm. feeling uncertain, um, feeling a sense of loss and some some anxiety, you know, kind of yeah with all of that is kind of what I have seen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, well, let me let me piggyback on that. So yeah, I'm hearing definitely the grief piece, the loss and anxiety. Um, And I also, I really, gosh, girl, we like nailed a whole lot of things in like two sentences. And I just need to like break this down. (laughs) But (laughs) like I, you know, you also mentioned um, that sense of control or like lack of control. And I think that is such a huge piece. So can we, okay, I'm going to like slow us down and break this into a little bit. What does grief look like for a child who is going through a transition? What do you see? What are some like red flags that my child might
3: be grieving? Yeah, Um, it could be, it kind of can go one of two ways. I would say they become more withdrawn, um, a little like just kind of sad and down, kind of withdrawing into themselves, maybe less talkative, less chattery, um, or like more irritable and kind of like. More of like a, oh, I'm going to hold tight to this thing. And like, I am going to start being angrier and I'm going to start saying no more um, because I, I have that voice and I know I'm going to start trying to exercise as much control as I can, um, and in therapeutic settings, you know, I have seen kind of near the end sometimes behaviors will start to bubble up as you start to prepare the child and say, "Hey, we've got eight sessions left. We got seven, you know," um, and so there will be some things that come up for them where you are like, "Man, I haven't seen this in you since our first session." Yeah, um, and it's not a regression at all, but it's just sort of like a okay, you are showing me like you are you are feeling kind of angry um, in, yeah. in response to you know this grief that you are kind of feeling about what's coming.
2: Yes, that's so good. And then helping them just have the language, you know, I think for us as parents to be the to have the patience to tolerate some of that, you know, and knowing which battles we pick, you know, obviously, there's the the sense of, you know, no, we don't want, you know, to tolerate disrespect and stuff like that. But then on the other hand, recognizing sometimes we all just need to get thrown a bone, you know? And I think that having that, like being able to do that dance of, of seeing, right. What's really going on. Are, is my kid just being a punk right now? Or are they actually like grieving something that's a lot deeper than maybe I realized? Yeah. That's, hmm, that's a good point.
3: And I, yeah. And I think, I love what you said about giving language, but I often will teach kids, the word grief, because they don't really know what that mm. word means sometimes. Um, and so that just kind of, cause sometimes grief isn't sadness. Sometimes grief is anger, right? Like it's yeah. not just, Oh, when you feel sad that something is leaving or someone is leaving or something's changing, it's like kind of this all encompassing word for grief, anger, you know, sad- or sadness, anger, anxiety, all of that thrown into yeah. one and the so gamut giving kids that language, like Oh, you might you're feeling some grief. Can we talk about what, what does grief mean? This is what my definition of it is. And I'm wondering if you're maybe feeling this too, and kind of giving them that language of like, yeah, okay. Maybe that is what I'm feeling. It's like, especially for kids, like having language over what they're feeling helps them like get a better wrangle on their, you know, physiological responses to these feelings. Um, so I always am an advocate for like, let's, let's name whatever that is right. And adults that's helpful too. Um, but kids are such somatic beings that they're just like, sometimes it's in their body and they're like, I don't know what it is. But yeah. It's but it no. is coming <laughs> out. Yeah. But I
2: also think too, like you hit on something that you kind of glazed over. So I want to highlight it again, okay. that you talked yeah. about talking to your kids. Like, it sounds like you're feeling some grief or, you know, like that's, I tell parents, this is Counseling 101. I'm just going to save you an entire master's degree, parents. Here's what we learned, right? We learned, you say the same thing back to the person, all right? So if my kid is saying, hey, I'm really mad, you say back to them, wow, seems like you're really mad, all right? There you go. I saved you a whole lot of money in a master's degree. That's That's what we learned in counseling school. That's all we learned. No, no, but- it is, it's teaching these kids and, and coming back to the conversations. You know, I think that anytime we deal with somebody who is grieving, they want to talk about that loss. You know, yeah. if you know somebody who's, if, if a child's dog died, then mm-hmm. a lot of times they want to tell you the stories about that dog. And at that time he got out of the fence and, you know, he. Yeah. they want to relive these stories. And I think as parents, we are quickly, moving on to the, the next transition and maybe our kids aren't there yet. And so maybe coming back and saying, Hey, we haven't talked about third grade in a long time. I want to hear what you remember from that. Or what do you remember from kindergarten or, you know, and like letting them process that and, and in doing so really help resolving some of that grief stuff too. Yes.
3: Yeah. I love that. And it's so, it is so simple. I think sometimes parents are like, I don't, I don't feel equipped to talk to them. And it's like, you actually don't have to say a whole lot. Like nope. you said, like, you can ask a single question, like single open-ended question and just hold a little bit of space. And even if you're like, okay, I got three minutes in me and like, and then I'm, you know, whatever. Um, but th- those three minutes are gonna be so significant for yes. you kids. Yes, yes. Yeah.
2: Okay, all right, I'm coming back. So we kind of talked about the grief oh. stuff. Let's talk about the anxiety piece. So mm-hmm. when we see anxiety in kids, perhaps dealing with transition stuff, what yeah. kind of symptoms, what do you think you're noticing?
3: What are, mm-hmm. what are the red flags in that department? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely avoidant behaviors. Um, so definitely kind of, if, you know, somebody's anxious about something saying, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to do anything that's kind of associated with that. Um, so that Mm. can definitely be one. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes they, um, it shows up in their body of like, I have a stomach ache, um, kind of that queasy, upset stomach, um, a little more tearful, kind of more sadness, that kind of presents as sadness but is some worry and anxiety. Um kind of those would be like the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe just kind of like a I don't know, like especially with older kids, like a well, I'm not going to school or oh, uh uh-huh. there's defiance. Well- yeah. Okay. That's
2: good. So the the physical signs, the the stomach aches, the headaches, the avoidance. I don't want to go. Especially yeah. to me it's like stuff. And I know that this is kind of what you're saying, but it's change, Uh you know, especially Mm -hmm. from what they used to be, you know, if they used to love to play basketball or go to dance or whatever, Uh and now they don't, that's a change. And so that would be something that we're kind of putting on our
3: radar. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes asking like lots of having lots and lots of questions about something that kind of go beyond um, like a typical level of curiosity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if they're sort of asking lots and lots of those questions, like, well, what's this going to be like, and who's my teacher and where are they, what's this going to be like, and where am I going to eat lunch? And, you know, sort of showing like, oh, they're really thinking about all the components of whatever is coming yeah. I'm thinking of specifically. Um, but just kind of that, like, okay, there's a lot of, lots of questions and just kind of exp- you know, verbalizing what those worries are in the form of question asking. Yes, 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 yes.
2: And I think you're kind of transitioning into sort of my next thought, which is to me, and I would love your thought on this, but to me, when a kid is dealing with some kind of transition, Mm. what it really roots down into underneath the the grief and the the anxiety of the iceberg, at the very, very base of it, comes this sense of a lack of control. Mm. It's a lack of knowing what's coming and yeah. my thought is, and I'd love your your thought, but it's if we can make known what is unknown, yes, then kids tend to be able to adapt so much more easily into the transition, you know? Yes. What has that been your experience or what
3: do you think? Yes, for sure. I am all for like there does not need to be mystery where, mm-hmm. you know, like And I think there's always some element of like mystery in life, right? Like we're not, we're not able to know everything all the time. Um, But I think as much as you can, if you are having, if a child is coming to you and is anxious, like, absolutely. Let's give them as much information as we can so that they can kind of like have the information they need to feel confident about what's happening. So like, we can talk, we go to, you know, meet the teacher night. Right. And, um, that's, that's always great to get inside the school and see kinds of things. Um, but also talking about like, what does it feel like to wake up early? And let's talk about what the school bus is going to look and feel like, and what, Oh, you're going to eat lunch and sit with people. And I'm going to put it in this box, you know, all of these just little kind of minutia of like, Sometimes we, we sort of say, oh, you'll figure it out when you get there. You'll see, yes. you there. and yeah. it can, feel cumbersome to be like, oh my gosh, you want to know how every single thing. Okay. This yeah. is, yeah, and I wish I, you could just know that you're going to have an awesome time in the cafeteria, yes. Yes. Right. but like right. taking the time to be like, I'm going to eliminate all the mystery of this because you're anxious about it. And this is going to help kind of put some of that control back in your hands of knowing kind of what to expect.
2: I, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. And and again, just letting known what feels unknown, you know? Yeah. And I think too, yeah. a lot of times kids feel like they have no control. And so when we can say, actually, no, you can't control the fact that you have to go to fifth grade. That, yeah. That's, you're right. That's out of your control. Right. But let's talk about what you can control. You can control yeah. what you wear that day. We yeah. can control what time we get there. We Mm -hmm. can control if you want to ask a friend to walk with you inside the school that morning. Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that I think we can control. And and as parents, the more we can help bring that to light and let them see, oh, actually, yeah, okay, there's some I can't, Mm -hmm. but what I can, here's what I'm going to do about that.
3: You know? Yes. Yes. And it's so good to kind of hold those two things in tension because like, even as we grow to be adults, like we're still constantly holding intention. What can I control and what can I not control? That is Mm -hmm. not something that is ever going to go away. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you can kind of help build that muscle for your kids, like that's just only going to help them be that much more successful later in life of knowing Okay, hey, the things that I can control, like I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on those things. Um, but also know that like, yep, this is part of life is that it, there's a lot it of it is. That's out of my control, you know?
2: Well, and I just love, I love, I'm going to, I'm going to turn spiritual here, but I really love Ecclesiastes and the whole verse on there's a season for everything, you know? Uh, yeah. And I just think that when we can highlight that for our kids, that God has intentionally made a spring and he intentionally mm-hmm. made a fall and a winter and a summer like those are yeah. god-given gifts and when we can see that God has created transition mm-hmm. that transition is good and it's yeah. right and it may feel uncomfortable because it's unknown mm-hmm. but like that's exactly how we we were made to experience that transition and yeah throughout all of our transitions, we have a God that doesn't change, you mm-hmm. know?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like transitions are a time where God can show up so beautifully. You know what I mean? Where it's like, mm. this is a whole new opportunity for God to show up and move in ways that like, maybe we can't even imagine right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I love that. That's beautiful.
2: Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so comforting, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I just, I don't know, like, I just think when we can bring it back to what God has already explained and and yeah. he has made himself known, we know, yes. we know who he is, we know yes. his character and he is yes. good. And so whatever transition he calls us or our kids to go through, we can confidently encourage them that it's good, even if yeah. it's hard, even if it doesn't uh, feel lovely, yeah. it's, it's
3: still in his hands, you know, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like God at the end of the day, the thing that God has promised to us is himself. And so that means that, and that means so much, right? Like that's his presence and his promises and, you know, all of these other things that, um, kind of fall and come after that. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah.
2: All right. So wrap us up. What are, what are some things parents can do? Mm. Practically speaking, what can we do to help our kids? Yeah. especially if we know that a transition is, is impending. Is it impending yes. or pending? A transition is, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you me. I, right? don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So help me out. Yeah. What, what, what are some things parents can do? And I would love to hear just you as a school counselor yeah. too. What are some things that the school helps? with yeah, too, you know totally
3: i think the biggest one that i would say kind of all encompassing um is tell your kids early right like mm. um if you know that something is coming um i think the sooner that you can tell a child at, in in a time that's appropriate right like if you're telling a kid hey we're moving you know um maybe a year from now right like that's not really helpful information for a child to have they don't need to know that um but if you know that you're moving you know 6 months out like tell them 6 months out and say hey yeah. here is what's coming because um the kid will the, the child will decide like here's what i need with that to do with that information um you know we we do often kind of underestimate how kids will you know, feel about something, right? Like they might mm-hmm. be like, well, they don't need I don't want them to worry for too long um about this thing that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but a kid will, will let you know this is what I need and this is what I'm feeling. Um, because mm-hmm. they have their own emotions and and feelings that we want to yeah. honor and dignify. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um so that's I just would
3: say as soon as you know kind of feels appropriate for you and your family, um, let them know what is coming. Mm-hmm. Um and give, you know, Do check-ins. Um, as a therapist, I, you know, I always warn, Hey, we've got eight sessions. Okay. We've got seven, we've got six. I give a countdown. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, rigid or, you know, methodical, Um, but do check-ins and saying, Hey, you know, like we're preparing to leave. Um, I just want to check in with you about any thoughts or feelings that you're having. Um so yeah, I just, and I think it's it's yeah. silly that it's like it's kind of a no-brainer stuff because
2: it's the the same things that we, we do with toddlers, you know. We do uh, yep. hey, you it's it's a red light, it's a it's a yellow light, it's a green yep. light, you know, like it's yeah. there's kind of the five minute warrant. Yay, you got five more minutes, you got two more minutes. Yep. We do this yep. on a on a day-to-day practical thing. And then yeah. I, I think, I mean for me personally as
3: a parent, like the big picture stuff, I'm like, but <laughs> yeah. Which is so valid Why because I think that? yeah. Well, and also parents sometimes have their own feelings to deal with about what's coming, right? Like and especially true. if it is like a death of a loved one in a family. I think that's a big one where parents I've had parents come to me and sort of say, When should I tell my child? And it's it's raw for that parent to like yeah. talk about it. And so that's when I say you know, tell them when feels appropriate, but know that like, I'm here too, as a resource. Like if you don't feel like you can be the person to talk about this with your child, find another safe, trusted adult, whether that is a school counselor or a school social worker or a therapist or um, a family friend, even just somebody else. Um, so if you don't feel ready to, to do that understandable, Mm -hmm. um, but kind of making sure like, okay, my experience of this is different than my child's experience. And I'm the one that holds the information. So I'm going to make sure that they get the information mm-hmm. kind of separate of my own grieving process about mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that can be really helpful for parents um, just kind of preparing for that.
2: I think so too. And I, I think uh, just listening to you talk, it, I think too, r- respecting that each child is different, you Mm. know? And so I think a lot of times as parents, we kind of lump our kids in together. Like they're all going to deal with this. They've all dealt with that or, you know, whatever. Mm. But I think recognizing that each child is going to handle every child's personality type is different. Their threshold for change is going to be different. Their life experiences, the things they're bringing to the table, all of that's different. And so it's not fair. I think for us as parents to expect, all of our kids to react a certain way because the other did you know or because we are feeling a certain way right yes totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: and so i think that's you know just a big one giving all the information that feels appropriate giving it mm-hmm. early plenty of warning um and then another thing that i i think of is finding a way to kind of celebrate and honor what mm. is your, what is being left behind, whatever that is. So like, if you're moving houses, um, how do we celebrate our home? What's a way that like, maybe we throw like a big party for our house. Um, and you can involve kids in that. I think that's really, yeah, fun that's a great idea um, they're so creative and we'll just come up with like such fun ways. Um, so maybe throw a party for the house or maybe, you know, your kids love to draw. And so they draw a big, you know, make a big picture of the house together or, um, you know, build it out of Play-Doh kind of whatever medium they love. Um, but kind of find a way to celebrate and mark the end, um, um, of whatever it is. So maybe you're moving, um, you know, maybe you're finishing second grade, maybe you find, you know, and schools are pretty good about like, end of your parties and that kind yeah, of thing, yeah. but maybe, you know, you want to do your own thing with like on the last day of school, we're going to go get an ice cream cone after school. And that's going to be our mm-hmm. end of year celebration that you and I are having together to just sort of talk about the year as a whole kind of yeah. outside of the classroom. Um, or, you know, saying goodbye, I think saying goodbye to people is so important, you know, mm-hmm. so like having a chance, like if you're saying goodbye to a person, you know, um, moving or, you know, if there's a death, like, yeah. You yeah. Can't you say like an actual good, just that closure that yeah. can, can come from. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, so good. Can look really different ways. Right. Given, given the circumstances. Um, but I think that is, is a big one. And then also kind of looking ahead to the future too, a little bit mm. of like, we're saying goodbye, and we're gonna have this, you know, closing celebration. And then also, let's talk about are there anything that we're, you know, are things that we're excited about in yeah. whatever change is coming? Our new house, or, um, you know, this new person that's gonna come live with us. Like when families blend, kind of talking about like, okay, we're celebrating our family from before, and now we have this new family. What's yeah, that that's a great
2: one. That's a really um, good one. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's so really I just kind of celebrating marking the end and then also Mm -hmm. looking to the future and kind of pointing them in that direction. Yeah. I love that. Oh, those are
2: so good. And they're so good and practical
3: things that we can
2: do, you know, just the the very tangible concrete things.
3: Yeah. I love that. it, It really is just about, I think, time and just dedicating time to doing it. Cause it can just, it can look, however you want it to look for your family. um. But I just think dedicating that time to, we're going to a lot this day or whatever to, mm-hmm. to celebrate and whatever that looks like, like that yeah. is such a gift to kids yeah. just to yeah. that, that time and space to process. That's so good. Yeah. Uh,
2: Kayla, you have such, you're such a people person, you know, and, and I yeah. love that about you. I love just getting to sit and talk to you because it is apparent how infectious your presence is with the people that you're around because you care so much about people. And I just think, you know, having this as a good conversation as we are ourselves transitioning out of, out of summer and into the school year, I like to think of prayers that we can pray over mm. our kids and for our kids and you have written some phenomenal articles for rooted and so that's like shameless plug to go and check out y'all you really need to go read Kayla's articles because they are so good mm. um and there there are some other articles on there too that are just really powerful as far as like preparing our kids and really praying over our kids for the the upcoming year are there certain yeah. things that you would encourage parents to pray Specifically mm-hmm. for their kids about.
3: Mm. Um I mean I think I pray for peace just personally a lot right and that is that's like super obvious um but that is powerful because you know we the peace of god like transcends understanding um so I just think of that verse that's like and the peace of god which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus yeah. and that's Philippians. um but that just like comes to mind first because right we talked we've talked about how just this this change and uh, dealing with change is all about lack of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the antidote to that is just like a deep sense of peace that like, yeah. actually I'm not in control, but God is in control. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, you know, pray for peace, that the peace of God would be with your children as they're kind of encountering, you know, and moving through whatever, um, that changes. Um, and I think, you know, you could pray for, um, if your child is like a little more of an internalizing kind of emotions feeler mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for boldness for them to share with you. If that's, yeah, needed. that's great. um Or for, you know, if, if you have a child who's really working on like emotional regulation, they've got really big feelings and they're having a hard time regulating that, like God would, you know, be with them as they're like trying to address what they're feeling and and regulate themselves. Um, so it kind of depends like kid to kid, but I just would yeah. say if, like their emotions and that, um, you know, in those feelings big and small that they Mm -hmm. would seek, you know, seek God himself, but also like come to you and just sort of like, yes, I'm fine. Foster that. that. Yeah. Yes.
2: I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and I also pray to just that the Holy spirit will make known to me as a parent, the things I need to know, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like just for as a parent, my own peace and my Mm -hmm. own, trust that you know i don't have to be a helicopter over my my kids Uh, but i can trust that the holy spirit is going to make known to me what i need to know when i need to know it that i'm not going to miss it and i think that there's there's comfort and peace there but certainly that is part of the prayer that i pray you know for myself for my my kids you know right right yeah absolutely well Kayla this has been fantastic I knew that this was going to be such a good episode and I am so thrilled for this conversation Mm -hmm. and just for the time that you took you know uh, in the afternoon (laughs) yes I feel really honored honestly it's on the afternoon podcast this is historic it's pretty (laughs) epic (laughs) I love it thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ask alice
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Ask Alice with Alice Chernock. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music on this podcast. This podcast is made available to you by The Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or of the counseling profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.
0: If you love the conversations we're having here on this podcast, then mark your calendars to join us this November in person at the Rooted 2023 conference in Nashville, Tennessee. We have an entire three-day track for parents, as well as a single-day ticket if you can only join us for Saturday. We'll have main session speakers like Trillian Newbell and Kelly Capick, as well as fantastic workshops from Sissy Goff and music led by Sandra McCracken, the Lipscomb University Gospel Choir, and more. Join us today at rootedministry.com conference, or click the link in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up before September 15th before prices increase. Again, that's rootedministry.com slash conference.